It was. Welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading. Amanda is not stressed out at all. Everything is fine. Um, um. <laughs> You're going to start with a lie? I'm going to start with a lie. I'm drinking barefoot wine. I'm doing great. You just had to put up with me waking up at 12.05 and you being like, you good, bro? <laughs> so Tori vanishes. I don't hear anything from her except for the 30 TikToks that I get during my work day. Uh, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, she's doing something. Like, she has a whole ass marriage and a whole ass family. You know, she's doing stuff. So normally, like, by the time we start recording, Tori's online. You know, sort of like a raccoon in the trash. Like, she might not be talking to me, but I can feel her presence. I know she's there. <laughs> I think that's, like, the best description. It's like a raccoon in the trash, you know? I might not see her, but I know she's there. Um, so, you know, I, I always send the link to record a few minutes early, just in case something happens. You know, I'm waiting. It's 12. It's like, okay. She's taking her time. Maybe she's in the bathroom. It's past 12. Okay. That's, that's not like Tori. That's fine. So I message, like, hey, are you doing okay over there? And she's like, I may or may not have just woken up. I'm like, ah. Oh see the fame has gone to her head yeah i did i did the uh the thing this morning where i was like you know what i'm gonna be 100 percent in it i'm gonna be ready i'm going to vegas next week it's gonna be awesome so i'm like i'm gonna put this package out because i somebody from poshmark actually bought something i think i'm all ready i do it like first thing in the morning so usps can get it i'm doing all my stuff and all of a sudden i'm like oh you know what I think I can lay down for a little bit. And that that is that is the problem. When you are a nocturnal creature, like the raccoon I am in my very soul. Yep. Well, that and I got a COVID shot yesterday, so. Oh, yeah. Tori, did, did we tell the audience about my genius decision to get my flu shot and my COVID shot at once? Yes, we do. Because <laughs> I... I might be immune from every disease out there, but the decision that I made was a reckless one. I hurt for days. Felt like I was going to die. Did you get Moderna or did you get Pfizer? Uh, Pfizer, gang, gang. Okay, that's what I got too. They're like, I love it. We're like in a club now. Do you have a, yeah, I got my uh, I got my 5G boosted shot from uh, Bill Gates. I was a little bummed because I wanted to get a flu shot and just get it all out of the way, but they were out. And I was like, hey, at least people are getting their flu shots. So... Yeah, also this year they are saying that the flu is going to be super, super bad. I know they say that yeah. every year, but because it keeps happening, because people don't believe in vaccines anymore. Also, can I have a moment of I'm actually upset about fake news? So yeah. everyone keeps saying like, oh, the CDC is going to stop reporting on COVID deaths daily. The, vi the pandemic is over. No, they're switching to weekly reports. The virus is still very much a thing, unless you live in Texas, because our excellent governor decided that the pandemic was over two years ago, because he can solve that and rape, and he's not bussing migrants. Everything is fine. Texas is doing great. Please vote for Beto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will put up with the daily text messages from Beto's campaign. I'm not going to lie. I I, I I need Greg Abbott out. And I know that there are people out here that are going, oh, none of those people listen, listen to our podcast, though. None of those people listen to the show. <laughs> All those people had to find us. We turned, we ended up accidentally turning them away. In just our mere presence. Oh, I have one story before we get into the show, because I don't want Baron Von Cheeseplate to yell at us for whinging. 
And by us, I mean me. He yells at me. Um, so when I was back home visiting my family, um, I flippantly said, oh, well, you know, of course I don't believe in cops. ACAB. And my auntie was like, oh, ACAB, like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, it means all cops mean all cops are bastards. It's also, you know, sometimes shown as 1312. And she's like, I'm so glad you told me what that is, because I thought it was like one of those other terms that kids use. And I could just say it like, no, please don't just say ACAB like like it's poggers or something. Please don't do that. Please. You're going to get hurt. Please don't do that. I know what I'm doing. Nemo! I know what I'm doing when I say a cab randomly. You don't. You are not ready for that. Yeah, I don't think I want your aunt yelling a cab in a public space. Not unless she means it. Yeah. If she means it, I'm happy to encourage her. But if she doesn't mean it, she has to be prepared for the consequences of what saying a cab means. Yup. Which includes that one hot black lady cop. A cab applies to her too. <laughs> Tori, so anyway, uh, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? What's going on? <laughs> we are, we are uh, evidently discussing murders in the room org by Mr. Poe, and my cat has decided to join me, which is a blessing. So, what are we drinking? Uh, I mean, so, like I mentioned, I picked up a bottle of Barefoot uh, Sweet Red Blend because I'm well adjusted. I took a sip, and if you saw me grimace. It's because it tastes exactly like communion wine. So last night I had a glass of like taut champagne. So it's like cheap stuff. That's what I, I live on. Yeah. I've moved from Andre back to Cook's over to taut. We'll just, let's go with that. Um, and I put pomegranate juice in it. And I'm sitting there with Mark. I go, this tastes like communion wine. He goes, I was trying to figure out what the hell you were drinking because it smelled like champagne. But. I have like multiple bottles of champagne in my fridge that I've gotten from work that I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. Also, I'm trying that TikTok hack where you make Kool-Aid with simply lemonade instead of water. How is that? I haven't tasted it yet. I've heard that it cur that curds comes out a little sour, but I'm okay with that. So I have a cherry one and I have a blue raspberry lemonade one i'll let you know how the results come and whether i need to add vodka to them or not um i mean you always need to add vodka to them i always need to add vodka i'm not an alcoholic everything's fine uh so we're covering uh the murders in the room morgue because it is indeed october i know we're celebrating halloween uh spooky month a little early both of us are traveling uh, and there's a lot going on everywhere so we're doing things a little bit differently i am still dressed like a witch because uh yeah, it's just my life now. I was going to say, I feel like that's just my, my typical outfit now. Like, so I got I, this really cute yeah. like cloak jacket that has like a little fake spine on the back. And I'm going to tell you, every lesbian in San Antonio is into me right now. And I am here for it. Every time I corset and wear a hat, I get so many like, oh my god, I love your vibe. It's like, what is my vibe? Stevie Nicks cosplayer? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, it like does a, look really good on you. Thank you. I corset very well. Actually, um, Amber and I were at uh, a Viking thing, and I bought a corset there. And I'm getting laced in by this woman who is very into lacing me in. <laughs> is very into it. And Amber is looking at me, and she's like, oh, that's why you do it. That's why. 
I, I get it now. Okay. Cause you know, I'm showing up like the body, yaddy, yaddy. And she's like that. Okay. I, I understand. I didn't get it until I saw your tits in your chin, but I, I understand now. And this is the beauty of Viking festivals and run fair. Yeah. You get women that'll lace you in and they're super into it. I was Maybe. trying to explain the other day to somebody about run fairs, about how the run fair core community also tends to overlap with the goth and emo community, which tends to overlap with the BDSM community and the LGBT community. Yes. And in Southern California, Disney employees, because I'm going to tell you some of the kinkiest people I've met in my entire life work for Disneyland. They do. Uh, all right. Do you want to short story long, even though I feel like your short story long is longer than the work? I have not had time to edit this. Good. Don't. Go in blind. You're going to be mad. It's fine. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> fixes one thing. Fixes, fixes one thing in the document. <laughs> did, you, did you see me just fix the yes, one thing? I did. Fixes the one thing in the docket. We're good. <laughs> Nemo is now rolling on my lap and I'm like, yay. Good cat. He's like, must distract, must distract. Okay. So our narrator of this story has no name. He's kind of like the guy from Fight Club, um, but quickly begins telling us a story of murder and starts about in on the very first detective story of all time, supposedly. Um, he goes on for a very long time with a boring description of the paradox of intuition and moral inclination that make up a successful analyst, and that's why it confuses his peers. <laughs> anyway, he goes into a whole thing about analysts like math and checkers and calculates the art of detection and movements, which just mm -hmm. makes it sound like the analyst is on the spectrum, which... Oh my god, no. Oh, and the analyst also has to be imaginative. And I forgot how boring the first few pages of the story were. Moving on. So the narrator finally gets into the meat of it, starts talking about his friend, C. August Dupin. And they meet because they're both looking for the very same weird text in an obscure library in Paris. Mm. So it's kind of like a meet cute. They're like, I need to get this incredibly rare, weird book that no one else would ever look at. Hey, you good, bro? Anyway. Not a meat cute. I don't know. It seemed pretty gay. Anyway, and the best way possible. So after this, they end up moving in together, Amanda. <laughs> and the narrator talks about who, how Dupont reads people, including a case where he shows the narrator... Uh, he can figure out what he's thinking based on just observations alone. Mm -hmm. Guys, keep in mind this is before Sherlock Holmes. Okay, We're, stop! You're you're giving away the ghost. They read a newspaper headline about a murder in the Rue Morgue at three a.m. one night. Eight to ten neighbors hear a woman named Madame Lespian. I can't say French. I apologize. And her daughter Mademoiselle Camille shrieking in their fourth floor apartment. The neighbors hear voices and then silence. They and two policemen break down the door to the locked apartment and show or apartment and show everything is in disorder. Like things are torn apart. Mm -hmm. There's a blood smeared razor, gray human hair, 
bags of money, and an open safe. Mm-hmm. There is no trace of the old woman at first. Mm-hmm. They do realize there's a lot of soot in the room, so they check in the chimney and they find Camille. They think that the woman was choked and that her body was thrust up the chimney. When they make it to the courtyard at the rear of the building, they find the older woman and she's beaten severely and her throat is cut. Mm-hmm. And the police go to move the body and her head falls off. What? Okay. Um, a large amount of money that the woman had just withdrawn from the bank is still in the apartment, so the police rule out robbery. The newspaper describes how the witnesses all agreed that they heard two voices. One was a deep Frenchman's voice. Another was deep, but they thought it might be Spanish because they couldn't understand what it was saying. There's no confirmation of the gender of the second speaker. Camille is confirmed to have died from being choked. Her mom died from being beaten to death with a blunt object, like a club. Evidently enough to have her head fall off. Indeed. Um, The police arrest a guy named Adolf Le Bon who once did Dupin a favor. And Dupin is like, uh, this guy didn't do it. So he gets permission to search the crime scene. You know, mm-hmm. like you do. Uh, the newspaper's like, the apartment was impossible to escape from the inside, which only makes Dupin more excited. He's like, the police were distracted by how bad the murder was. They didn't even think that the murder could be something way different than something they've seen before. And so he gets two pistols and he's like, I'm going to wait for the person who committed a crime to get my proof. What? Then spends a bunch of time going gang gang a cab. Um, they completely he's like the police completely ignored that the second voice might just be making sounds, not words. He's like they didn't even look at the windows. They operate by springs and can be opened from the inside. Since the cops thought that they were all nailed shut, and he's like, oh look, here's a broken nail. He's like, besides, someone could climb the walls. Even though the police were like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, they can't. That's too hard. He's like, well, a human being couldn't. Come on, guys. This is about to get stupid. It is. And he's like, hey, if someone was super agile, they could leap from the lightning rod outside the windows and onto the shutters. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? At this point, the narrator is quietly trying to figure out what the hell his friend is talking about and if he did all the good drugs without him. And he is like, the hair in the old woman's fingers, right? That wasn't human hair. Y'all just thought it was human hair. And he draws a picture of the size and shape of the hand um, that killed the woman. He's like, see, this is an orangutan hand, a.k.a. this is a very large primate. And everybody's like, bro, bro, absinthe is not that strong. So he's like, I have an idea. I read this newspaper article. Evidently, this uh, orangutan escaped. So if we, you know, put out a thing in the paper saying that we've captured the animal safely, the Mm -hmm. owner's going to show up. He's like, the owner's probably a sailor since they found a ribbon knotted in a navel knot at the bottom of the lightning rod. Mm -hmm. So the sailor shows up after seeing this article and Dupont pulls a gun on him. He thinks the sailor must be innocent. And the sailor talks about how the animal escaped from his closet one night while holding a razor and the sailor chased after him, saw him jump on the lightning rod and leap into the window. He's like, I was screaming at the monkey, but it was shrieking back and I could only watch as it killed them. And the police retake or release the bomb. And they're like, the, the prefect of the department is like, good job. And he's like super sarcastic rather than grateful. And Dupont finishes like, this man is not an analyst. 
and I hate it here. Isn't it wonderful that I make you read after you make me read Oedipus Rex again? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Isn't it great what I make you do after you make me struggle through Oedipus Rex again? Is it bad that I imagined Dupont the whole time as Matthew Gray Goobler? No, but I can see it, and I'm okay with it. Uh, okay, so Amanda, once more, having to fill in symbols because Tori has decided that symbols don't exist and are for eighth graders with book reports. I'm done. I'm done. It's a <laughs> monkey? It's, it's, it's a monkey. That's a different species. It's an orangutan? It's an orangutan. He's not a monkey. He's a primate. His name means old man of the forest. Why do you know that? Yeah, that's what they translate out to. In their native language, it's old man of the forest. That's how you get the orang pen deck, which is a cryptid that they say is like Bigfoot over in there. What, don't ask questions about why I know things, Victoria. I should but, know oh, better by now. Yeah, but orang uh, means man. So yeah, orangutan is old man of the forest. Thumbs up, everybody. Thumbs up. Uh, so yeah, it's an orangutan. Deal with it. Uh, so here we have probably one of the first examples of the genius um, detective. The problem is, is that this guy really isn't a genius. He's kind of crazy. And I don't like using crazy as a pejorative. <laughs> but um, I've been watching a lot of House. And sometimes I forget that House is just Sherlock. It is. Yeah. Like every once in a while I forget that House is just Sherlock. Like it's just another Sherlock show. Uh, which is why he has Wilson as his basically gay lover. Do you, do you think that, that that was stolen from this? Because, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. They're very close, very quickly, the narrator and Dupont. So very there's always, quickly. There's always been some weird homoeroticism in uh, Sherlock's stories. I think that that might have been stolen from this but it was compounded by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And then I think further translations just made it worse because Arthur Conan Doyle goes out of his way to know homo Sherlock and Watson because Watson's married. Like he really works very hard to know homo those two. Um, so I would think that it's honestly more recent examples that lean into the homoeroticism because fangirl is going to fangirl and they've been fangirling for hundreds of years and it's easy to find a threat because like yeah like oh they move in together Woo. sorry it's like knocked my microphone over oh it's okay uh i've been on a rewatch of house and i forgot how homoerotic house is except for all the times he's trying to sleep with his boss but like yeah house is really really gay for wilson totally forgot about that House is such a good show. Hugh Laurie is amazing. I love the fact that every time Hugh Laurie shows up in an American like 
award show and win something and goes out with his real accent everybody's like you're not american it's like right it's like what the hell is this it's like the same thing with christian bale like watching that happen yeah i don't know it is always weird when christian bale speaks oh my god who is the other one it's not michael fassbender who's the guy that plays the new uh professor xavier the other one that is fast uh, oh mcavoy yes that one Whenever he speaks, like, what the fuck is this? Whenever Who he are speaks, you? My, my, my knees no longer are strong. I'm just... That's fair. You know it's me like, in Scottish accents. I do, I do, I do, I do. But it's like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Who are you? Um, so, yeah, I would be curious to see if you can trace the homoeroticism to this. I don't think this story is interesting enough to glean homoeroticism for... Uh, from it. I know Tori did. I literally got a message in the middle of my workday. I think this is gay. Listen, we did the Iliad and it's just where my brain has been ever since, okay? Like I just, I, I'm, I'm at work and I just get a message like, I think this is gay. And I'm like, okay. She's like, I'm gonna read this as gay. It's like, alright, I'm just gonna let you do what you need to do. Because like, I get it. I get where you can draw that conclusion from. Like, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, so we have the genius detective, you know, who's who's doing stuff. Is any of that stuff making any sense? No. Does so it mean? Po, yes. Poe described his way of speaking, like his way of mm-hmm. analyzing and looking at all of the methods as mm-hmm. ratiocination. Mm-hmm. Or rationocination. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that feels familiar to you, it's probably because that's what Sherlock does a lot, or at least like modern versions of Sherlock. Um, looking at you real hard, BBC version, where they think that they... I hate that show. You hate it, but you've watched all of it. Shut up. Hey, I did the same thing with Jekyll. I still do like Sherlock, though. Mostly because... I, I know love. why you like Sherlock. Listen, I liked Andrew Scott before. Say, I know I know why Fleabag. you like Sherlock. He was in a pub I was in, and I freaked out because my friend didn't tell me he was there until after he walked out the door, and I went, why would you do this? And Steven's like, he doesn't play for your team. I don't know why you're worried about it. But, um, you see that a lot with, like, oh, you know, we're showing his thought process. We're showing you know, what's going on in his head. Again, House does that a lot where, you know, we're, we're looking at what's going on in his head. And, you know, I'm talking about House because I'm rewatching House, if you can't tell. Here's the thing about this that I think is amazing. How often that's absolute bullshit and is wrong. So I totally forgot this about House. Um, for as much of a genius as he is, he's wrong a lot. And a lot of these patients either have to get very close to death or are dead for all of his, like, weird shit to pan out. Like, he's not God. He doesn't walk in, wave his hand, and have a diagnosis. These patients, like, get worse. And then suddenly it's, oh, it was the water from the pigeon from the other room. And that is what gave you this weird virus. But also you have Legionnaire's disease. And what eats Legionnaire's disease but also makes you die? I don't know. It's like, what the fuck is this episode? What is happening? None of this makes any sense. And it's not supposed to make sense. 
because it's supposed to make you as a reader watcher feel dumb because of course the smart guy puts it together of course he understands of course he knows but then when you like you know macro pan out any amount of it it's like this is stupid as shit that guy's gonna die because you're out here throwing out diagnoses that don't make any sense and a lot of patients in house die a lot of them like a horrifying amount of houses patients die and like from increasingly like small things uh my favorite being the woman who died of a staph infection after uh his team gave her chemo because they thought she had cancer and the staph infection came from uh her bra back gave her a little scratch and that's how the staff got into her blood. So new fear unlocked for women is her, her bra clasp gave her a little scratch on the back and that's how the staff got into her body. And then they gave her chemo and the chemo destroyed her white blood cells and her immunity. And then she died of a horrible staph infection. I am uncomfortable. I was also uncomfortable. Uh so you see a lot of that with this, where it's like, none of this makes any sense. And then it's an orangutan. It's absurd. It's absurd for nowadays. It's absurd. It's more absurd back then that you have an orangutan. So this is like the first like locked room mystery in dete er, detective fiction as well. And it's like mm -hmm. the start of detective fiction, which is, is so weird to me because I read thrillers like on the daily i enjoy detective fiction mm -hmm. but i'm sitting here going orangutan like it's not some weird cult leader no it's an orangutan also i don't think an orangutan has the hands to hold a razor blade i don't think they can do that like i'm looking like i'm trying to like envision an orangutan in my head they can grasp and they can do some manipulation, but I don't think they can hold. What are you guys talking about? What? They can't do that. Also, they're very, very ineffective on the ground. I'm just picturing like Poe doing just lines in the bathroom and being like, I have an idea. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, if you don't know what an orangutan looks like, which realistically during this time period, most people wouldn't, that's something that you would immediately call someone about. Shit, if there was an orangutan on the river in downtown San Antonio, we're calling someone. You don't just have an orangutan just out and they're not cryptic. Like, you would see that. They're not tiny. They're, they're very large and ungangly and unnatural looking for this. Where the fuck? Someone would see that. <sighs> so I those, do. Huh? Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's one, one of those, those what? things that like it feels clever when you're thinking about it. But then the minute you like bring it into existence, it's like this is dumb as shit. What, I'm trying to remember the name. It was the guy who used to do, um, was it Up All Night? I don't know. But he had this whole thing. He goes, yeah, the reason that 
you know, you see writers as alcoholics is because, you know, they drink and then they get inspired and goes, but if you tried to give a writer weed, they would just write 300 pages of how if you put a hat and sunglasses on a dog, they look like they could drive a car. Mm -hmm. Attell, David Attell. There we go. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I listened to the old show and I remember one thing I always say is I hate it when writers feel like they're being clever. This is why. Because we're not always clever. Sometimes writers are genuinely clever. And we come up with things that you'd never think about. And sometimes you name your character Moon Moon. <laughs> Speaking of character names, so the name of the main character, Dupont, mm -hmm. um, it may have come from the... Uh, it was a magazine called Burton's Gentleman Magazine in 1828. And the, mm -hmm. there was an art or a series of stories published called Unpublished Passages in the Life of Vidoc, the French Minister of Police. Mm -hmm. So it would have been something that uh, he was aware of, especially because he dismisses the character's information um, in his own, or Poe writes about it in his story. He dismisses the guy by name saying uh, he was just a good guesser. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, okay. So the, the fun part of this, too, is that this was not originally called Murders in the Rue Morgue. Mm -hmm. It was originally entitled Murders in the Rue Trianon, but mm -hmm. it didn't really quite have the ring to it that it needed, so he changed it to associate it with death, and then it ended up getting published in Graham's Magazine April 1841, mm -hmm. while Paul was working as an editor. Yeah, um, we've talked a lot about uh, Dear Sweet Edgar doing his best. There's a BuzzFeed Unsolved episode about him where they really go into the fact that he married his cousin who was 13. And I can't say that I had forgotten about that, but I have selectively chosen to ignore it because I still like his uh, sad works of uh, sad boy poetry and stuff um so yeah we really get like the proto sherlock in dupont even though he's basically an idiot now what poe's goal was in this everyone is a little bit unsure some people think it is the satire he is satire of satire some people think that this was him trying to branch out genres and he ended up sucking at it because that do happen sometimes Every once in a while, a writer who's not known for a thing tries to do another thing, and it ends up bad. Looking at you, Joe, stop trying to write thrillers. Actually, just stop trying to do everything. Stop it, Joe. You're Joe from you? Bad. Or different huh? Joe? Joe Rowling. Oh, okay. I was like, what? What are we talking about? So my brain automatically is like, the character from you? No. <laughs> okay, so I will be honest. That show that show i have managed to make it three seasons without finding him attractive okay, okay. ben badgley with his whole like serial killer thing mm -hmm. three seasons this next season he's going to be a professor in london i don't know that i'm going to have the strength to to fight it tori as long as you don't become one of those uh white women who starts sexualizing jeffrey dahmer oh god no that's disgusting so what what concerns me is the people who are really into Dahmer and um, 
come on, brain, Richard Ramirez. I loved in that documentary that they had about Richard Ramirez, that old lady going, some of these women were into him. I just don't understand it. I'm like, yes. Thank yeah, there's you. a there's <clears throat> a the take video about the ethics of making these guys and you know some of these other bad people really, really attractive. And they talk about Richard Ramirez, and it's like famously he had horrible teeth and bad breath. Like, mm-hmm. why does everyone keep sexualizing him? And they blame American Horror Story for that, which is fair. We should blame American Horror Story for a lot of things, like white women saying that they can do voodoo. Don't don't do voodoo, ladies. Don't don't. Don't Do you remember the one lady at um, Austin Witch Fest who said that she had Hurricane Katrina uh, red brick? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, and uh, that grave soil from unmarked, I used air quotes, graves in Texas. Yeah, fuck that lady. I mean, her elderflower honey is great. And I'm sure her fire cider is amazing. But fuck that lady. Dude, I just remember kind of looking at stuff and going like, oh, um... In that one booth we went to, I was like, oh, she's got hagstones. This is cool. And then I'm like looking at the lady who's running it and I'm like, I'm going to walk away slowly. How many? There were so many white women with dreads. And here's the thing. I, 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 I think it's really interesting as well is <sighs> you can be a member of the pagan community. That's not a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are certain cultures and customs and things that are not designed for you mm-hmm. are not designed for you um mm-hmm. i'm gonna caveat that i think one thing about white privilege is the feeling that you know you can just be appreciative or that you can just take things on and it doesn't have consequence So it isn't so much that I think that it's about limiting practice. It's about thoughtlessness for me. Because I remember uh, when I was dating my Danish ex, we argued about that a lot. Because, you know, he loved, like, braids and dreads on white people. And I'm like, it's really offensive and I don't like it. And he's like, well, anyone should be able to express themselves. It's like, it's not about expression. It's about gentrification and taking something away that is culturally significant to one group and making it about you. It's going into someone else's birthday and saying it's your birthday. It's rude. And like getting him to understand that part was the hardest. I'm not here to limit anyone's practice. If you, for whatever reason, white person, find the African pantheon super powerful, cool, be free. You're not going to sit here and white mansplain your way to a bunch of Africans, though. And that doesn't give you the entitlement to start pretending like you are, which means I'd be very, very weary of what you say, how you dress and how you present yourself. Well, it's like also too with things like Santeria and things with like Vudan and things like um, even Payo Mayambe is, it is a very long process to be inducted into the rights of it. Mm-hmm. You have to go through somebody who is a professional who has been doing this their whole life. It's not like you can just light a candle on the full moon and dance around it. There are traditions and protections and things that are built into it as a culture and a custom. It's not just mm-hmm. like you find one video on TikTok and you decide that that's who you're going to be. Exactly. And I think it's that. It's is that privilege gives white people this air of over accessibility where 
I've apologized to air. I don't feel like I can take up space anywhere. Even within my own culture, do I feel like I can take up space. But because of privilege, white people do. So I'm not here to limit anyone's practice. Because I think, honestly, I, I'm going to be very, very careful when I say this. I look at a lot of, especially like TikTok pagans, and I cringe a lot. There is a lot of just like very, very cringe, gross behavior that I feel like is only possible when you have the unmitigated power of having God, anime, and white privilege on your side. Where you feel like you can say, oh, I'm Loki's bride. Who the fuck are you? I've put Odin in a bottle! What? Oh, there's what? there's a person on there right now who's like, I am, I'm binding Hecate. I'm binding Loki. I'm binding all of these gods. They can't do anything. And everybody's like, what the? We're going to hex the moon. Like, what the fuck bro. are you even saying? Like, you're not, you're not saying words. You're just being reckless and stupid. We're not talking about the book because we're tired and I'm tipsy. Um, and I'm so, like, I can go into the whole thing about God's spousing, but I'm not going to. It is a very personal, personal thing. And it is not something that you should enter into lightly because you feel like it on TikTok. Don't do anything you feel like because you saw it on TikTok. Yeah. Don't, there. Don't do it's anything. Almost, it's almost like people should, should read and research, right? Yeah. It's, almost, it's, it's also just like, don't be a dick. Like, just... I. I are, are you are you watching that drama of the woman who was in an indigenous church in Mexico and they said don't record and she recorded and now everyone's mad at her? No. Yeah, like they looked at her and said, hey, please don't record. And she's like, I'm going to record anyways. <laughs> and she like recorded like these sacred rites. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought that I was doing good by showing this experience. And it's like, they looked you in the eye and said, don't do this. Like, in English. Like, you can't even claim language barrier. Like, they looked at you and said, do not record. We do not want photos in your camera in here. And she did that. And she just keeps doing non-apology after non-apology. It's very entertaining, but also very, very sad. Um, so, here's where you get your proto-detective. Here's also where you get your proto. Uh, this case is bonkers for no good reason. If you'd like great modern examples of that, watch Criminal Minds and CSI. The old Vegas CSI. We're just, the stories are bonkers. Just absolutely bonkers. Did this person get murdered? No, they were in a weird UFO cult and this woman's DNA was found in a vacuum cleaner. Did this person just die in a hotel room? No, there's actually a furry convention and we have to interview all the furries. Is there a serial killer? Just kidding. This guy is making human puppets because of a weird allegory his father told him once as a child and now everyone's fucked. These are actual episodes of CSI and Criminal Minds. I was going to say, I unfortunately recognize some of these. Like, if you want the modern example of, like, this is fucking bonkers, it's CSI and Criminal Minds. And it's very entertaining, unfortunately. It's very entertaining. Un until it makes you cry, because I've definitely cried at some episodes of Criminal Minds. Definitely cried at some episodes of House. Why is Lin-Manuel Manuel Miranda there? Why? I don't want him here. Why is he in house? He's in. I do love episodes. the text messages I get from you that are just random, like the middle of a day. He's going. In two what the hell? Episodes of House. 
Why? I think last time we were talking about you watching SVU with Matthew Lyard. Matthew Lillard's in house too. Does he owe someone money? Probably. You leave Matthew Lillard alone. That man you know, is yes. I have never seen Scream. What? I've never seen any of the Scream movies. What? I've seen all the Freddy movies. I've seen all the Jason movies. I had a, a very good friend who unfortunately I haven't talked to in about 20 something years um, who sat down and said, okay, here's the deal. We're either going to watch romantic comedies or we're going to watch a horror movie. And I was in that self-loathing stage of life where I was like, oh my God, we're going to watch a horror movie. So I've seen a lot of horror movies and then slowly but surely now I'm reading like rom- romantic comedies and watching them. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. This is a billion dollar industry and women's desires are valid. There's only one rom-com. No, there's two rom-coms that I will defend with my every existence. And neither of them should be a shock to anyone. It's under the Tuscan sun and something's got to give. I can see both of these as being things that you would enjoy. Jack Nicholson playing an old horny man with with Diane Keaton. Is that the one where he's the the writer? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you write women so well? Well, I think Mm -hmm. of a man and then I take away Mm -hmm. reason and accountability. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? I love that movie. And, And Diane Keaton is peak like coastal grandma. Where she's just like like an Ina Garten cosplayer, just like in a lot of linen and white, and everything in her beach house is coastal. There's just shells and shit. There's anchors and shells. And then he goes to meet her for her birthday in Paris. Because even though she's with another man, that man's not right for her. It's supposed to be Jack Nicholson. Shut up. <laughs> You know about my true hatred of the book, The Notebook, so... I hate The Notebook, but something's gotta give. I still think that movie's... I don't think it's romantic, but I'm like, I love this. Look at them. And I, So what I think is really funny, and this is something... And I know we're not talking about the book. Sorry, we're Baron Von Cheeseplate. Please don't. Um, <laughs> I read a lot of romance novels. I read a lot of smut. Well, and the funny thing is I'm not really into like the traditional like Fabio cover books just not my thing like I don't need the woman to be like the secret of the billionaire or whatever I'm very into the more the modern ones that are just like Alexis Hall and all of her like LGBT positive stuff love it love it but the the almost every writer that I've read lately their main character has an anxiety disorder and I'm like Oh my god, I'm finally being seen in literature! Representation! <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that whole point, but here we are. So we only have one note of the book because Victoria has decided that she doesn't care about this book. So the best part is, though, I do have a Wikipedia page up right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh <laughs> Here's a major thing about the book. Uh, this is considered to be one of the uh, first works of Pulp Fiction relating to a detective. Uh, sure. 
again, whether this is the satire is satire or Edgar was really, really trying and thought he was doing a really good job, we will never know. We we barely know what led up to him dying. People think it's the voting scam thing. So I will say the the story has been adapted a lot and usually not following his guidelines. So um, there is usually a, a shocking video. lack of orangutans. Yes. Uh, the band Iron Maiden actually has a song on their 1981 album Killers that is from the perspective of, of a guy who stumbles upon two bodies and flees the scene after being falsely accused of murder, which didn't happen. Um this has been adapted in part to a uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen where Hyde is accused of it. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in different comic books, including a Van Helsing one from beneath the Rue Morgue. Like it gets used a lot. It gets used a lot. And the, the best part is I remember when you had said, Hey, we're going to do murders in the Rue Morgue. And I looked at it and I went, Oh fuck. Is that the one with the monkey? Yes, because is. that's all I've remembered about reading this. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like I feel like this has a little bit of like uh oh my god. Let me let me check this reference really fast. Um Okay, it has like John Carter syndrome a little bit. Where everything after it feels like it is not a knockoff, but feels more authentic. So everyone looks at John Carter and is like, oh, that's stupid. That's, you know, a knockoff of this when really like everything is a knockoff of that. Or like really everything is a knockoff of this rather than this being a knockoff of like Sherlock or something like that. And yeah. it's almost sad that Poe doesn't get this credit because um, he deserves it. But it's also just like fundamentally... I think it's also one of those things that like it feels like an M. Night Shyamalan movie where like the twist is interesting one time. Like I, I remember reading it, spoiler, I've read this obviously, you know, when I was younger and being like, oh my god, it was a fucking monkey. And like and like that being very entertaining and interesting to me when I was young, but now it's just like, how did he get there? What is I he really, use? really wish that I could wear a t-shirt public that said, oh my god, it's a fucking monkey. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's a fucking monkey. Ah! <laughs> you know? It's, it's a shock the one time. It's a shock exactly the one time. And then any other time, it's like, it's a monkey? What? What is it eating? Uh, there's an episode of Monster Quest where they talk about, yes, I'm looping monster quests in this, shut up, uh, where they talk about the Jersey Devil. And one of the theories about the Jersey Devil is that it's the hammerhead bat. The hammerhead bat is a bat indigenous to Africa. It's a uh, Latin subgroup is called Monstroso. Uh, it looks fucked up. Shut up. There is nothing about the knowledge I have that should be shocking to you. It's not shocking. I was just laughing about the name Monstroso because of Venture Brothers. Carry on. Uh, so it looks like it looks like a Jersey Devil. Like it looks like a tiny Jersey Devil, but it's a bat. And you know, one of the experts is there. He's actually an expert. He's a bat guy, and he's like, "Yeah, there's only a couple of problems. It gets really, really cold here in New Jersey. Uh, these are a tropical bat. Also, you eat a lot of fruit. 
eats fruit? Where, where is it getting all this fruit? And it's like, even for it to survive, like the voyage, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, maybe it's stowed away on a boat. It's like, yeah, that boat, you have to be carrying like a ton of bananas. Like, like it doesn't, it's one of those things that like the story that led up to, oh, maybe it's a fucking bat is infinitely more interesting than the actual Jersey Devil, which was shot by a cannon. What? Yeah, Napoleon's brother shot him with a cannon. I'd never heard that before. A lot of people tried to shoot the Jersey Devil. With, like, guns and cannons. But yeah, like, the story of how, why is the sailor having orangutan? Where were you? Why did you get it? I Why are you storing it in the closet? Why is it in the fucking... What are you feeding it? How did it get a razor? Why does the monkey have a razor? What the fuck? Were you trying to teach it knife tricks? Oh my god! Like, there's 15 other more interesting stories that aren't the orangutan got out. Why do you have an orangutan? I want to know what favor Dupont did for Le Bon. Like, what happened? Like, there's, what? there's so many, there are so many interesting questions person. that you could ask in this book that aren't. It was the monkey that did it. I like wine with screw tops. It's very it's, efficient. It's very convenient. It's cheap, but it's very efficient. I'm not going to drink this entire bottle. Even if you did, I wouldn't judge you. It's Saturday. I'm also not going anywhere. So the only consequences of shocking lack of chores and probably ordering too much fast food. Anyways, uh, if you want to learn facts about Edgar Allan Poe, uh, we've covered him a multiplicity of times. Uh, he was a sad boy who married his cousin and died in uh, shabby clothes in a ditch. Or he died in a hospital, but he was wearing shabby clothes and was found dying in a ditch. Forgive me. Shout out to the uh, Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Virginia. I had a lovely time with all of their cats. I still have my sticker. It's such a great place. Uh, So, to the uh, point of the thing, Tori, did you have to read this in school? I did not. I read it. Okay, so right when I was starting Fangirl Nation with, uh, with my colleagues, I got a request from Titan Books asking if I wanted to cover uh, a re-release of it and some descriptions of, and information that had been released after, as well as uh, a whole bunch of short stories that other people had written based on it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, because we've already talked about, you know, this is how we, we later see the popularity of things like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Agatha Christie, and it probably wouldn't have started without this. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was kind of what the whole book was about. And it was fascinating. And I was reading it. And I think I was reading it on the way back from San Diego Comic-Con. And I went, what? It's a monkey? I know it's not a monkey. Okay, we've covered this. It's an orangutan. It's a primate. I get it. But I'm going to keep saying it. Anyway, so I've read it before. It annoys me every time. I find myself laughing. This is the first time I was like, wait, the narrator... And Japan live together? Yes, what? Yes. That's gotta yes, be yes. one interesting household. Anyway. Oh, Mary. Uh, I read this for fun as a kid. 
because you're perfectly well adjusted. No stress or worries here. I'm doing great. Ignore the quarter drunk bottle of barefoot wine. Barefoot wine, not yet a sponsor. Barefoot, please fucking sponsors. I love your bubbly uh, Moscato Spumante. I feel like I, I just want to send a bad email and be like, please. this is Amanda. Amanda drinks your product on our show. <laughs> it's going to be like the least flatter. It's like the sweatiest photo of me. <laughs> it's just going to be like the sweatiest photo of me. It's like, this is Amanda. She is not mentally well. She drinks your wine a lot. <laughs> uh, what is our next book? We didn't fill in. Tori, we didn't fill in the outline. No, we didn't. Because I was like, wait, you're going to be out of the country. I will be out of the country. So are we no. looking for November? No, we, I, we, we had a plan. We were going to do the 22nd. Oh, okay. We had a plan. We, we talked about this. I'm terrible at plans. It's a whole two days before I leave to go out of the country. That's why I was worried about it. Okay. I was reading a short story and I was like, hey, we should do this. Do we finally want to give in to the Lovecraft? Do I get to talk about how racist he is? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Uh, Sure. Which one? The Cthulhu one? Um, something at Innsmouth is probably the most popular, but hang on. Do anyone, does, do anyone, does anyone have to read that for school? Um, if you're weird. Sorry. What? Um, Haunting at Hill House is one, Shirley Jackson. Fine, Haunting at Hill House. Yes! Finally! I get to talk about how weird Shirley Jackson was. Fine. I almost wrote Haxon. Oh, then I can accidentally reread her uh, book on the Salem Witch Trials since I need to know that for later in the year. Not for this. Not for this podcast. I didn't have any questions. Tori, where can the good people find us? You're going to short episode this week because we both got shit to do. <laughs> okay. We're on Facebook, Unfortunately Required Reading. Unfortunately, are on Twitter, where you can see a picture of the pumpkin stumpy from where I got my COVID shot. Um, unfortunately Required on Instagram, unfortunatelyrequiredreading.com. Or if you want to email us, unfortunatelyrequiredreading at gmail.com. And believe it or not, sometimes I do check that. Yes. Uh, listen, it's been a crazy year. Both of us have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, thank you so much to our uh, patrons who keep the lights on. If you would like to join them, you can do so at anchor.fm slash unfortunately required reading. Um, we appreciate your money, your patience, and your grace. Uh, the world's kind of crazy right now. Um, end of sentence. The world is kind of crazy right now. I think the best thing about this is right before we were, we went into lockdown and everything kind of fell apart, we were reading Lord of the Flies. Yes. Yes, and we that were. was the last time we recorded in the same room together. That was two years ago. Yay! Uh, if you're not yet registered to vote, go check your registration to vote, especially for Texans. We cannot endure another year of Abbott. Uh, stay safe. 
the pandemic is not technically over just because you're over it. Um, yeah, just go, go read a book. Stay safe. Happy October. Bye.